Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Excuse me, is that your nose or did a bus park on your face? I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. Houston, we have a problem. Welcome, everybody, to the Overshare. Good evening, Miss Todd. Good evening, Mr. Hickson. And how are we? <laughs> I'm just ducky. How are you? I am i don't know that I'm doing well enough to be just ducky, but I'm doing okay. I'm very happy indeed. Yes, I'm doing grandly. What I, have you been up to this week? I'm, I'm playing with new girls at a new school now. That's right. You started a new school. I did. I started a new school last week. I have not pulled hair or bitten anybody yet. Really? No right. cat fights? Not no, even verbally bitten. No scrag fights after school? I am playing nice so far. Really? So yeah, I started a new job after nine, nearly nine years at my prior job. Yes. I've moved. And I've moved to a company that the entire company is a third of my last group size. Got so it. it's, you know. A little more petite. It is. It is a wee little company, but it's nicely sized. Well, in so. comparison to the behemoth that you yes. once worked for. When you work for you know, things larger than many cities and towns, it, it does make a difference. So it's all scale. But yes, so that's, I haven't been, as a result, I've been falling down on the job with my uh, pop culture obsession. Really? Reduced bit. intake? I've been trying to, you know, sleep and be nice to people, and I feel like that is cutting into my yeah, I don't watching think that, TV till 2 in the morning. I don't know whether that's going to take. But yeah, it may not last. But I suppose it's worth a try, at least while you're starting your job. I also caved and got HBO and Showtime. <sighs> Bent over and took it like a man. I really did. Time Warner, <laughs> Moon River, <laughs> Fletch. <laughs> Well, yes, of course, yeah, absolutely. But at least you were prepared. I was. I mean, I, I, I tried to take a stand as like a sort of, you know, like Mr. Smith goes to Washington, like I alone will take a stand against the asinine pricing. So to get in New York to have HBO and Showtime, just those two channels, is an additional thirty four dollars plus tax, which I yeah. feel like is a lot of money. Yeah. So I took a stand a couple of years ago, and every time they raised my rates, I cut something. So I used to have stars and uh, yeah. bars and uh, every other encores and everything, and I just kept cutting things. And then I cut the last two, which were Showtime and then HBO. Yeah. Um, and now I've ramped back up, so I feel like I have no power to lobby with them now because I've just you got came. nowhere else to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is expensive, but they won't uh, let me have the stuff any other way. Yeah. They calculate their pricing based on a per nude scene and/or swear word, I believe, for HBO. I don't know about Showtime. Yeah, I don't know quite how they calculate their price tags. I'll work on finding that out. But the the scariest thing is, you know, I've been meaning to watch The Wire for a long time, but I'm a completist, and I know that it's going to be like the Breaking Bad factor, but with more seasons and more episodes. Yeah. Because, like, when I start this, it's going to take over my life for a little while. Yeah. And it's going to be all I think about, and I'm going to decide that everybody's a Baltimore drug dealer, and everyone's, you know, so it's just going to, I'm going to go to that place, like, everyone is operating a meth lab, like what happened with Breaking Bad. So. Yeah. I have HBO Go now, and that has yeah, all of The Wire. So I've been resisting. A friend was going to lend me season one of The Wire. Yes. Because yeah. you have to start at the beginning and work your way through. I do. I have to go, yeah. yeah. I have to understand the continent. I mean, that's a story that really is complex, so you do really want to start. You can I'm fairly confident that. that he bolted you to a chair and made you watch a season or an entire run of a series in reverse. It's entirely possible that you would implode and form your own sort of black hole. I'm going to admit something secretly. A dark star. <laughs> yeah. A white dwarf or whatever. <laughs> Some sort of space-time continuum breach would occur. Speaking of which, Doctor Who is back. Yes, it is. Uh, but 
I did that with with Lost. So I saw season two before season one. Yeah. But props to Kara Shackett for Kara Shackett Pola. Yeah. Kara Shackett as was for explaining it to me very well. So I was going to Hawaii. We were there for a weekend of condo, and I lost all my DVDs on the plane. Like they must have fallen out of my bag. It was a little you know case of them, and so I had nothing left. And she had that Lost season two. So we ended up watching that because we were hanging out in the yep. condo, whatever, and we weren't working on our tans. And uh, I watched it then, and she explained things, and I went home and immediately watched season one, and then three, and then, you know, so it balls out to the end. But uh, I it was in it to win it. But yeah, so The Wire, I had this feeling, I'm like, maybe I won't tell people I'm going away. Uh, maybe I'll tell people I'm going away on Thanksgiving break, but I'll just stay in my apartment and watch The Wire for Thanksgiving. <laughs> That seems like a new... It does like seem nice like cut. a plan. Interesting yeah. Doctor Who side note makes me think about one of, one of the things that we've been talking about is, um, you know, revenue streams and how people are making money airing their things and all that sort of stuff. The uh, One of the networks at home in Australia that has... Uh, they're actually the uh, Australian Broadcasting <clears throat> Commission, so they're the national broadcaster rather than a commercial network. But they so ha- like the BBC equivalent for... Correct, exactly right. And they have the rights to show the latest series of Doctor Who. In fact, they've always shown Doctor Who from when I was The beginning of time when it originated. Well before time and and now. Um, And because audiences are moving so transiently and if they can't get their thing, they're ripping it off the web and doing all those sorts of things, they got permission from um, the BBC to put it online and to make it available within Australia... uh, Immediately, once the um, show had finished airing at the BBC, from the minute it finishes right. in the UK, how close are we? We're not too delayed, not like we used to be, right? In the states, I think it's yeah, it's close. We're, we're we're pretty close, but it's really interesting exactly. because the the I mean their numbers when they actually showed it on the ABC two nights later were still very good, and the um, managing director of the ABC, uh, whom I know reasonably well, is just like well. So 70,000 people went and hit that thing and watched it first thing on Sunday morning. Uh, but most of those people came back and watched it again. And if you don't, they just go away and they find their stuff somewhere else. It's been a really interesting... Uh, all of the major networks in Australia are fast-tracking, including all the cable channels, are fast-tracking all the shows out of the States right now. Because they've just had this 12-month period whereby some of the channels, one of them in particular has a very strong young demographic uh, who's been holding off to make sure the show's hit with the timing of the schedule and all those sorts of things, their numbers have been in the toilet over the last 12 to 24 months because those same tech-savvy people that that are their market are just finding it on YouTube or wherever it is that they download it from. It's too hard now because everything gets spoiled on Twitter too fast or on Facebook or wherever. You know, you can catch so much information about things that... There's no point, you know, it's just too frustrating to wait. Yeah, it's absolutely true. So, but do they have metrics? See, if you're state funded or country nationally funded, then you're not as worried, presumably, of the ratings? That's, that is entirely correct. I mean, they. Because we've they, got ratings problems and we've got metrics problems, right? We don't know how to record or really account for popularity of things based on sc- uh, streaming. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're less concerned about those things. Um, obviously, being a national broadcaster, they're nationally funded, but at the same time, if they've got material and those sorts of things that people want to see, making it available, uh, you know, I actually think they're being very forward-thinking about it and the sort of thing that the major networks, 
you know, a little bit outside of the US because this is where most of that content originates. But it's meant that people are having to rethink the way in which they're doing a whole bunch of stuff right now, which is which is just interesting to watch and see the landscape shift and flow while uh, people figure out what that looks like. Well, we've had, you know, people like our friend JJ Abrams have been ahead of the curve in terms of, you know, making uh, ancillary videos and things like that available to draw people to the web and to enrich stories and play with things. And, you know, like blogs or characters are doing all these different things and webisodes. Um, but not, you know, the networks, most of them are a little, or most shows are a little slow to do that. It's very true. There's more of it. There's, yeah. We, look, we have a, uh, you know, a bunch of stuff to get through tonight. Yeah. However, I feel like springing just a little something on you, which I've not put on the schedule. Last How week. How dare you? Last week, we reflected a little bit on Honey Boo Boo. And. One of the things that we were sort of going through was commenting on the fact that they needed a bunch of subtitling. And you remarked in passing that uh, you were from the South and therefore the interpretation of uh, tongues, uh, I mean, the speaking <laughs> of people from the South, was, uh, was... We're talking about Honey Boo Boo, by the way, and I've started to, infl- to reflectively rock myself. <laughs> She's almost <laughs> in the fetal position it's, currently. It's like I feel like it's like in the safe word. <laughs> Someone say the safe word. So what I thought we might do is have a quick uh, redneck dialogue challenge. We'll have four very short clips to play for you. They're all only about a sentence each, and I'm going to see if you can... Uh, Do I get to redneck lip read? No. No, absolutely Ooh, see, not. I'm, absolutely I'm not. I'm in the lip reading as well. <laughs> Well, there's, there's so where are these it, people from? Whence do they hail? Well, this is Honey Boo Boo. I don't where, know. Where, I have no idea where they come from, uh, in, in any sense of the word. I have no, no. I have no comprehension of where they're coming from. So let me see if I can pull up this first clip. Look at the scales we do the weigh-in. Ooh, I'm gonna give that to you one more time. Look at the scales we do the weigh-in. Uh, something about scale and a weigh-in. Ooh, go get the scale so we can do a weigh-in. That's okay. pretty good. That's pretty good for first pass. Good lord. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like JJ Attraction and Trash. <laughs> what were those words? Those were, I'm having a contraction. Okay, attraction, it's, contraction. Ow, it's going right through my... The JJ. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Don't even know what that means. No. Okay. I wasn't that far off. Uh, you were batting a one for <laughs> a one and over right now. So that's the second thing beside my butthole piercing. This one's a pretty good one. It's not too not too hard. I'll give it to you one more time. That's the second thing beside my butthole piercing. A butthole piercing? That's the second thing beside my butthole piercing. This is one of her light goals. Just so you're aware. Oh, like it's her bucket list? Yes. Okay. A butthole piercing. A butthole piercing. All right, last one. Here good we go. Lord, you need overtime. And that'd be a union job. That was a short one. Can you replay that? Something stripped down. All right, let's put our stuff down. Oh, yeah, I didn't get that at all. <laughs> all those there it is. Down. See, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you <laughs> two, out of, two four. out of four. That's not bad. Yeah. So, not fluent redneck, but not bad. Do you have rednecks in Australia? Uh, we generally call them Westies. Okay. Uh, particularly in Sydney, because out towards the western suburbs, they tend uh, to be a little more like that. I mean, when you get out to the outback, outback, they're still not quite as redneck as rednecks are. They might be a little slower. They might talk a little more Australian than your regular Australian <laughs> might. However, they're probably not as stupid as some of the people that you've been introduced from down south in this country. Well, and the thing that happens is, and probably 
you know, in all sorts of countries, is that if someone in, in English, you know, they're very classist in terms of accents. Like you can be an Essex girl, and you might be a brilliant Essex girl, but you're going to sound like an idiot to someone from London. Yes. Right. So it's the same with Southerners. You can be very bright. It's like just because they're talking slowly. Yes doesn't necessarily mean they're thinking slowly. No, that's exactly right. I had somebody the other day uh, walking past and who was an Australian and he's like the most broad Australian accent <laughs> I've ever heard and uh, got to chatting with somebody that I was with and then I turned to him and said, oh, I'm from Australia too. And he's like, crikey, you don't sound Australian. I knew I was going to say crikey. <laughs> but I'm like, ah, that's too generic. No, it's just, you don't sound Australian. And I, 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 I was gentle. He's like I drinking said, a Foster's uh, at the time. I was holding gentle. Holding a boomerang uh, and a kangaroo. I said, look, you know, I've been here for three years, so my accents rolled off a little bit. But in truth, my accent was never, ever like yeah. that. But, you know, it is what it is. We wow. will have to play for these people the uh, Bruce's sketch from, from Monty Python someday. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Australia, Australia. <laughs> Enough of my diversions. Nice, uh, the pop quiz. A pop quiz. You just never know when they're going to hit. No, I had a pop quiz from our CEO last night. Oh, really? Yeah, a different pop quiz. Probably not. not. He didn't play any public clips. Probably nothing about his JJ. <laughs> no. Let's hope. <laughs> It's only the second week, you never know. So, so right. you've been limited in your viewing this week, but have what you? have you seen? I saw parts of the Shmemmies, which I call the Emmys because the Emmy yep. Shmemmy, who cares? Yeah. I'm opposed, as I've said a couple episodes ago, I'm sort of opposed to the rules around the Emmys. I think they're kind of bogus. Whenever I see an awards show, I'm always reminded of the Bart, Simpson, Bart Lisa Simpson line where they have an awards show and, the, and their classic line is, this is the most farcical awards show I've ever seen, and to which they respond, what about the Grammys? <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> I'm going to thank my agent and God. <laughs> That's what I like about the Grammys is like telling how many people thank God. And you're, you're up there in a tube top with things hanging out. And like, just wearing a thong, thanking God and your agent. Yeah, so the sh- I watched part of the Shmemmies. I have to say, when I tuned in, I like Jimmy Kimmel. I think he's funny. Yeah, I think he's done great things. Like I really liked his post Oscar spiel, the thing with Oprah, where he had. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. We had Oprah like breaking into a car. Like, uh, yeah. She was uh, Oprah was uh, what's it called? You know, taking back cars with like repoing cars yeah. that she'd given away. <laughs> really funny stuff. Yeah. And like Oprah in the tub. But he was out of his depth here, right? It was not good. Not good. So the thing I saw that I thought was really tasteless, and I didn't see everything, was the mock in memoriam for yes. him. Yeah. That just didn't land at all. No. No. And, and, and it was, and well, it was I mean. egotistical. Uh, ironic only insofar as he actually was dying at that point in time in terms, <laughs> in, in terms of the performance. Um, but, I mean, his thing really is. Did you watch the whole thing? I did. But his wow. thing is. Conversion you know, therapy? I deserve sort of you know, some sort of award <laughs> sure. for A badge or something. My scout badge. The, um. Hair shirt he, or the Emmys. He, 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 his thing is, and the thing is, he sort of plays this outsider character. So he's sort of outside Hollywood a bit. Yeah. It's outside the thing, and on his show and those things, it works really, really well. Yeah. But when you're, I mean, you can't be outside in that room. It's everybody who's inside in the world. Yes. Is is sitting right there? You know, with the exception of the Oscars, you couldn't be more inside. Yeah. So I, I you know, he just tried to play for it and. Uh, it just didn't work. I kind of think Neil Patrick Harris should just host everything now. Everything? Everything. Okay. That seems uh, like you open bit. a car wash, there's NPH, rolls up. He is very good at that, and he rolls. He just seems to sort of roll the punches very funny. Um, yeah, he makes it work, and this just, it didn't work, I don't think. And yeah, it, yeah. it seemed, I, I've heard people say, I tried to avoid until yesterday and sort of caved, 
what critics were saying about it, but I did hear somebody saying, like, they actually really, in the tail end of the show, showed tons. It, it felt like ABC brings you yes. the Emmy, so they had all their people, all their yeah, people, yeah. and that's not what it's meant to be. They no. rotate this, right? So yeah. it's, it's meant to be sort of equal, and people seem to think that that wasn't the case. I didn't watch enough to know. Yeah, I didn't think it was interesting <laughs> enough to make any sort of those okay. assertions, I think. So well, I John mean, Stewart. I saw John Stewart. Yes. I saw his bit, and he actually did that thing. Like this is how effing predictable these things have been. Yeah, which probably was a little bit like screw you to the voters who voted for me. Yeah, but you know he's well, at number ten. Well, he doesn't really care, right? I mean, he couldn't have more of those awards than he has. No. So why would you even care? The um, that's one of the more competitive categories where everyone who's nominated is fairly strong. You got Fallon, you got Colbert, you got yeah. you know. So, um, so Neil Patrick Harris is he your nominee for best awards host? In recent years, I, I mean, I grew up on the Crystal Billy Crystal Oscar years. Yeah, I can't go past Billy Crystal. Those as, were great, as, as and he is, he is good at that. But I, I like Neil Patrick Harris for the sort of younger generation. Yeah. Because I think he's savvy and funny, and I think, you know, and just witty and off the cuff, which Billy is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Though I do have to say, having trawled through a bunch of these archives and stuff, it really is very hard to go past Bob Hope. I know this is a very, very long time ago. I like Bob Hope. But, I mean, you know, just some of the most funny deadpan lines, yeah. you know. Welcome to the Oscars, or Passover, as we like to call it in my house. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Johnny uh, Carson. Johnny yeah. Carson could host anything if yeah. he were still with us. Yeah, yeah. He I, was wonderful. I, I remember when store. he retired yeah. and watching those last few episodes, and even having a sense as a pretty young kid, like, this is, you don't see ones like this much, you know, the kind of the, le- the sense of a living legacy or yeah. a living legend and a big legacy, uh, which is really... No one's really his real successor. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It's certainly not Jay Leno. No. Oh, I caught a couple minutes of his monologue the other day. Terrible. But uh, most Ooh. of the night shows are just... I'm just finding them getting worse and worse. I just Fallon, I think, is often quite funny. Agreed. I like him. I love his band. He has the roots. He did a great Downton Abbey sketch. Did you see yes, this? Yes, I did. Yeah, where yes. Edith the middle daughter was... <laughs> Fred Armisen in drag. That was such a great cut. Cut to Fred Armisen. And my middle daughter Edith. The um, so just a couple yeah. of things. Let's 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 not drag out the, the Emmy talk too long because. Um, please, sir, may I the, gloat? This, uh, yeah, I was about to say, and I'm sure you have something to say about Louis. God. Yeah, suck it, Louis C.K. one too. <laughs> God rest his soul. Yay! So I mean, there were a lot of people I think who were great who got passed over. I was incredibly excited. The Louis C.K. won two awards, one for his show at the Beacon and one for his actual TV series, Louis. So I do think it's wonderful. I think wonderful. If people aren't watching this, go watch for this season. The three, there was a three episode sort of arc about him potentially being a candidate to take over for Letterman. Okay. That was masterful. Just incredibly wonderful and heartwarming. I actually got a little teary watching it. It's, It's really good and it's really honest and it's really funny. So it... It's got everything. You'll laugh. You'll cry. Um, <laughs> I love that show. So, you know, obviously I'm a fan of that. I don't get why modern... I, it, it, another thing that show, strikes me as weird is that Modern Family wins everything again. Yeah. It's not the only comedy on TV. And for my for my vote, it's not one of the best anymore. Yeah. If it ever was. But it's definitely a darling of the voters, right? Obviously. And Homeland was kind of a big surprise. And poor old Mad Men got shut out. Yeah. Our friends, Madman and uh, Breaking Bad. I mean, you had two people who were amazing nominated in the same category, so not everybody can win. That's true. Wouldn't it be a good, like a Giancarlo Esposito, Aaron Paul tie? Yeah. Wouldn't that have been good? Good can to see Can they Aaron. do ties? Good to see Aaron Paul win, though. But he's won, hasn't he won? He won last year. I think so. But he was so, he's so good on the show. Yeah. But Giancarlo Esposito, 
Although way I to have, go out like a pro. I have to say, a little disappointed that he didn't say Emmy bitches. Yeah. Uh, I, I <laughs> That's the one thing. If you get up there, you say, Emmy bitches, surely. He wasn't even dressed appropriately. His clothes were very fitted and fancy. Uh, so, yeah. So, I suppose you can afford them with all the meth he's been cooking. Right, exactly. He's an he's a entrepreneur. So, anything else on that? It's weird, the miniseries series thing. So, you've got, like, The Hour, which was a great BBC series. Yeah. Nominated for a miniseries. There were more of those, and it's going to have a season two than yeah. Downton Abbey, which now is calling itself a series, which before called itself a miniseries. So I think you just like, whatever you think you could win, that's what you submit under. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess you don't submit if you think you're going to lose. Mm. I did like... Uh, Isn't it just a, a privilege to be nominated? Yeah. An honor? <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, the lead actor from Homeland, what's his name? Damien Lewis. The, he's the Brit, right? Yeah. I, Yet I thought, another. I thought he's, Didn't he say something about it? He did. I'm another pesky Brit, no, yeah. for which I apologize. But They're I, always so charming. That's why we like to give you things. Well, They're so gracious. Well, he was charming. And this, his, his speech was, well, look, I really don't believe in judging art, but I thought I'd just show up and see what happened. So it seems to have turned out okay. <laughs> you know, like, I love that. He didn't do the Marlon, Marlon Brando, have the, um, you know, the Indian nation say, <laughs> I refuse this because of the atrocities. No. All right, what else have you been watching? What else have you seen? Well, we ra- um, I did. I have been watching, and I mentioned it way at the beginning when we did our summer TV preview and said we talked about it in Copper. Mm-hmm. And that is on BBC, so Copper as in Police. Uh, this is on... You what? Not Precious Metal. <laughs> semi-Precious Metal. Uh, this is BBC America, and this is one of... I think it's their first production themselves, and it has a pedigree in terms of people who've done a lot of good television. And I do not care for it. No. I'm still watching because I'm not a quitter. But it is, it's not a great series, I have to say. You commit to the strangest of things. I know. <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to give it time. So the production value is very, very poor. It's really? It's bad. The outdoor scene, it's just a little embarrassing. It, it looks bad. It looks like it's been shot through like a tea towel or something. I don't even what? understand whether it is a BBC America. I don't understand it. As in, why not let PBS just show everything BBC does? Yeah. I don't know, broader range. Well, PBS I mean, likes to be high-brown, doesn't I mean, like I to under, show I mean, I under- Top Gear all day. Sure. So I understand that, you know, why you would... Let me rephrase. I understand why you would have a channel that would rebroadcast the BBC programs here in the United States. Okay. I don't know why you would have the BBC America making their own programming here. I don't know why they did either, because they're making... You know, I would think they're, they're doing a decent trade in just showing... Seemingly Stuff top gear in Doctor Who. Uh, Copper. So the idea is, it's you know he's a he's a policeman. Uh, he ha- has a troubled haunted past. Uh-huh. Uh, he uh, is is pally to say the least with a, a prostitute. And so it's like you know all the police are sleeping with the prostitutes. They're child prostitutes, and they happen to have an arc around this child prostitute who he's trying to redeem. He's lost his daughter, mm-hmm. and so she becomes a little bit of a proxy for that, and he feels protective of her. Okay. The actress who's Caster is not a good actress. I hate to say she's a pretty little girl, but she is not good. They're, they're asking her to do something. I'm not sure a child actress could or should do. So it's like she was on the street. She gets taken off the streets. They're trying to reform her, and she's overly sexualized and hitting on him. And it's just it's uncomfortable to watch. It's unsavory. I don't, I don't enjoy that. And she's not pulling it off at all. So it's super flat. Uh, oh. And a lot of the acting is. And that with the production quality just makes it you feel like you're watching something that was made, you know, in your back backyard yeah so i'm you know i'm gonna stick it for the longer there are some decent characters but i don't think there's enough to say much for it and i think it's done fairly well yeah okay so 
Uh, you haven't watched any? No, none at all. Nor should you. <laughs> I think it would be my... All right, I'm not, I'm not putting it on my list. Yeah. In terms of stuff that I've been watching, you know, some of the series returns of the things like The X Factor and, you know, sorts of shows that you loathe. Right. Um, so how are they? Uh, the Voice, I think, is... Look, The Voice has always been good over the first, like, three weeks where they do their blind auditions. And then after that, it turns out stupid. Yeah. You know, it just, just loses its thing. The blind auditions, were, uh, auditions are where they mock strangers. Is that... No, no, no. The that's, voice that's tries that's to be nicer. Right, so they they turn around, they can't see who's singing, somebody right. comes out, They sings. ring a bell and spin yeah. around in a weird chair. Yeah. And then if there's more than one judge that picks them, the person gets to choose who they want to be, you know, whose they team they want to be They do a cage on. match for that. Maybe they should. The, um, X, that I might watch. Although X Factor this year, I think, will be the real strong suit out of all of those things. It's actually... Turning out to be a pretty good season. There's some really good people coming through. I think the panel. What network is this? Uh, X Factor is Fox. Okay. But the panel that they've got on this year for X Factor. Which is, tween is on this? Or former uh, tween queen? So we've got Simon Cow, who's obviously tween, yeah. who's obviously not a tween. Um, and as much as but pe- is has the intellectual maturity of one. Right, but he... He's a smart guy. Look, that, that's the bottom line, is that he's a smart guy, and people love to hate Simon. Yeah. But the truth is, you can see how many successes he's had and how much money he's made out of the people. I mean, he tops Britain's Rich List every year. He's making hundreds of millions of dollars a year uh, out of all the things he's doing. And um, so he obviously knows yeah. something about something right so i think having him on there he's been a huge loss not having him on uh, idol that's that's been a big loss for them so but didn't the x factor initially underperform yes it did and now it's picking it, up momentum. it did here okay. not in the uk okay. but but um so he's on it um they've got britney oh britney is on this year and uh demi lovato okay so there you go now, Brittany, she's a fascinating study in a human being. I think she is extraordinarily socially awkward. Or mentally ill? No. No? No, I actually think when you watch her talk, whenever she's talking, you see her body language. She covers her face. She's got her arms across her chest. She's actually... You've been and, watching Lie to Me. And no, you, I mean, it's really obvious yeah. just to watch her when it's not a scripted performance, when she's not acting and being the, you know, the pop star. There were in finger quotes of, for acting. In, in front of, in inverted commas. <laughs> they, uh, she is really, you know, she has this look on her face that's almost permanently pained. Like, and uh, it's taken her probably four episodes before she started actually being able to communicate more than three and a half words. Okay. Um, so, and I mean, she's improving, but it's just fascinating that somebody who's as extroverted as she is in so many ways is obviously very socially awkward. Um, and Demi Lovato, who I thought might not be a great choice, uh, is also proving to be pretty good. I mean, she obviously knows what the young, you know, the youngsters want to hear. Being one. Yeah. Being one uh, and being in that market and those sorts of things. So... You know, it's a, it's a pretty interesting show so far. So, uh, you know, I'll be interested to see how it how it takes moving forward. God bless you. Good luck with that. But for the most part, I've actually been watching DVDs rather than watching television. I'm not sure why that is, but uh, a selection of fantastic movies. Tell us what you've seen. I've seen Battleship. Oh, right. Uh, which is 
Brianna's uh, Breakout. A wholly appalling movie in almost every way. Really? It's terrible. I mean... Like, not worth watching even as a summer popcorn movie. No. Oh, boy. And I love a summer meaningless, fun, blockbuster yeah. movie. It's just... Hey, put it in a list with Con Air, mm-hmm. Armageddon, yeah. uh, Indiana Jones, the first one. Oh, well, I mean, you'd have to have Indiana Jones sitting at the top of that list. Okay. And then you'd shuffle down to... Uh, what was the second last one you said? Armageddon Armageddon, no? uh, Armageddon Con Air. Armageddon, Con Air, and then Battleship. You put yep. Armageddon above Con Air. Yeah. I love Armageddon. Really? Always have. Gracie so, got to, well, you know, say goodbye to Daddy Gracie. I got to go save the world all or whatever right. that so there's some, So there's some cheesy moments And in the there. Ben Affleck, oh my God, with the animal crackers and Liv Tyler's stomach, I thought I was going to throw up in the movie theater. Come on. And the uh, Aerosmith playing <laughs> full bore. Look, oh, it's God. a boy movie. There's no two ways about no, it. No, like Steve Buscemi in, in both, and the only redeeming quality, and no nukes. In, um... I just wanted to feel the power between my legs. <laughs> <laughs> the um, look. Okay. And, but see, here's so the thing, put, right? See, I have an appreciation of those terrible. of those sort of boy movies, and even I couldn't come at Battleship in terms of uh, in terms of one of those movies. What it really made me come away with is an acknowledgement that um, it's hard. This is making movies capers harder than it looks. Michael Bay, okay, is a genius at this sort of genre film. People are always, you know, ragging on him for making this sort of movie. It's like, right. oh, if you throw this much money at a, you know, Transformers or whatever, of course it's going to be, you know, of course it's going to be amazing. La yeah. la la. I but, liked those, and they're right. not good, but I like. But this is this is exactly my point, right? So. He manages to do a genre pick like that. Uh, genre, I use the term advisedly, but you know, understand what I mean. Whereas they're obviously, you know, same company. It's Hasbro. Yeah. You know, same toy manufacturer or whatever. They've they've come up with a massive budget. You can tell the visual effects are incredible. You know, Taylor I mean, they're, they're just pretty. Care factor zero. Yes, this is this male thing where I can be like, I can have a conversation with a woman this morning about how hot Christina Hendricks was, but men are like, I, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you're like, you have eyes, you know, he's an attractive man. Look, he's an attractive man. Put him, do this for me, put him on the Fassbender <laughs> scale where at 10 we have the actual Michael Fassbender and at 1 we have. Uh, Steve Bashimi. <laughs> Bless his heart, we love him. Yeah. We love his work. But he's but... no oil painting. Right. Okay, so I sort of black out when you say Michael Fassbender. <laughs> what? what was last part? <laughs> scale, scale, one to ten on the Fassbender okay, scale. Okay, so Taylor Hitch. See, Fassbender's got the whole package, and I use that word advisedly. Yeah, I don't want to talk about his package. It's okay. But he's also brilliant. I don't know enough about Taylor Kitsch. He's Canadian, so I automatic points deducted for that. Yeah, right. That's a, uh, so an automatic I, deduction. But he's so pretty, and he was Riggins. So I probably put him the whole package mm-hmm. as a six. Okay. Fassbender's a ten. Yeah, of course. Yeah, That's and Bushimi is, I don't know. I, don't, I can't, who is at the very bottom of it? I, is Bushimi at the bottom of the rung? Well, that's a good question. I, I was thinking about that. and what, who, who should be sitting down at... Uh, at position number one. It's a tough call. That really is. Bashimi might be at number one. Mm. Or maybe the love of your life. Horatio Kane. Horatio Kane. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a possibility. Yeah. You know, I'm just I'm just saying. Um, yeah, so... David Hasselhoff. Oh. <laughs> yes, Hoff. Hoff would be near the bottom. 
Yeah, that whole beefcake thing doesn't really work. Doesn't yeah. play well. He's like a point in five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, anyway, the, he so, is loved in Germany, though. You know, he, he is. Lo- he's a god to their people. So battleship, you know, okay. crap, a crap load of special effects. You know, the sort, of, the sort of visual effects that you would have looked at 10 years ago and gone, my God, that's the best movie I've ever seen. But it's all for naught. It just really? doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't help. The fact that you know that this is based around a stupid game where you go A1, fire. Did they say you sang my battleship? Yes. Good. And they, you know, invented this, invented this very Integrity. elaborate scenario that allowed them to be able to plot it on a screen with the grid pattern. Oh, really? And to see it coming across. Did they across do A1... Close, front, you know. I mean, it's just like, oh, I mean, of course they didn't say A one. It was Alpha Two oh, yeah. Niner Fire. You know, how was our? How was Riri? Actually, she was not bad. Really? Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, it's a little hard to tell amongst all that blamange exactly, you know, yeah. what was worth talking about. What really surprised me is that you have um, Liam Neeson, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean. Did He's he... usually cutting a vast swath through Eastern European gangsters. I, j- I just wonder whether or not someone said, look, you know, we want you to do this other great picture, but we need you to do this one. Or he lost a bet. Or he lost a bet, and instead of running nude through a <laughs> pool hall, he had to... I mean, it just seems so out of place to have somebody like that, which is like... You know, which actually reminds me. I saw The Grey as well. Have you seen that? How was that? No, I have not. Here's a fascinating uh, side note about Liam has really come into he's his just, own again recently. Man, he's, like, he's on fire right now. Taken 2 is just about to uh, release. Um, but The Grey, a fascinating film where, oh, spoiler alert, everybody dies. Um, <laughs> My eyes just burnt up. <laughs> there is an extremely high body count, so Anne Todd will be that thrilled. Bumps up the queue. <laughs> There's no two ways about that. What's fascinating about this film is that before release, so they put it in front of an audience to say, in a focus group to say, all right, well, what did you think? And everybody, without fail, hated the ending. Really? Hated the ending, loathed it. And then they came back to them with the question, which was, would you be talking tomorrow, would you be talking about that ending to your friends? And they all came back and said, yes. In a week's time, do you think you'll still be talking about that movie in the way in which it ended? Probably. In two weeks' time, do you think you'll still be talking about that? Probably, yes. And so they ended up running it exactly as it was in order to annoy the crap out of the people enough so that everybody would be talking about it in order to then encourage people to go in and see for themselves whether or not it was really... How did that pan out for them? It did all right at the box office. I mean, it was not a massive budget film by by any stretch. Um, but James Badgedale, who I love, is in it. Uh, he was on a short-lived but brilliant show, uh, the AMC cut after a season, yeah. uh, called Rubicon. Yep. Yeah, so I have a lot, of, a lot of love for him. Okay, so The Grey. So, an interesting movie. He's very menacing, Liam, on the cover. Yes, he is. Uh, an interesting movie. I think it's worth seeing, but it is, you know, if you're looking for some sort of you know, happy fairy tale ending, this is probably not the movie for you. Everybody dies, bulbs. Yeah, wolves, lots and lots of wolves. Bad weather. Of, Inclement weather. Inclement weather, which you know, <laughs> every, everybody's on. Weather Channel, the movie. Um, so Battleship. Battleship. I saw The Grey. I saw The Grey. Chronicle. What is Chronicle? Chronicle is it a... It rings a bell. It's in a queue somewhere. Okay, so it's one of these movies that is shot sort of uh, first-person style, so uh, you see everything through... 
an alleged video camera, handheld video camera. That there was another one like that recently. There's been a bunch of them. In fact, there's few things I hate more in the world than this particular genre uh, in terms of a shooting style. However, I actually quite liked it as a movie, which surprised me more than you know more than a bit. The uh, the basic premise of this is that there are three guys, uh, ordinary, you know, run-of-the-mill high school guys who end up, and one of whom in particular is very, very geeky. Um, not nerdy, but, you know, Nigel, no friends. And, um, and uh, outside of one of the parties, something falls from the sky, they find a hole, they, fall down, they go down the hole because they're idiots and they're half right. cut. Um, and they end up coming away with powers from this... From this thing, which all sounds a bit stupid, but essentially their power is that they can control things with their mind. I remember the ads for this now. Right. Yeah. And then what you get is this basic run for a little while, which looks like uh, what would happen if the people on Jackass had superpowers. <laughs> okay. So they go on and do all sorts of stupid things like pushing cars around, like playing. When they finally figure out that they can fly by levitating themselves with their own mind, they play football in the sky, all sorts of just... Which is probably fun to watch, right? Right, and it's the sort of thing that you would probably do if you were, you know, if that sort of thing... It's like when Spider-Man plays around with learning to fly. Right. But the whole thing starts to unravel when one of them in particular just starts losing it in terms of his capacity to be able to sense what's right and what's wrong and what should be done and what shouldn't be done. Is it Dane DeHaan? Yes, it is. He's creepy and everything. This kid was in in treatment in season one of that. And, yeah, he's very good at playing dark and troubled. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, look, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed the movie. Uh, Is it perfect in every way? Absolutely not. Is it, you know, a solid performer? It's sort of, you know, maybe six and a half out of ten, seven, you know, that. Battleship being like a one? Like a one. Ooh, boy. One and a half. Um so, yeah, but, you know, worth a watch, I think, anyway. I mean, I don't want, I don't want you to think it's it going to change. It's not going to change your life. No, no, no. Not, I mean, you know, I forgot you're a bit of a girl, so the grey might be a bit spooky for you. Okay. Oh, I think I've said too much already. Yeah, you've talked a lot about movies. Also, I did catch up with two movies you've already seen, The Hunger Games. Yes. Which did have some shaky cam moments that I really despise, speaking yeah. of which. I think you're meant to feel like you're in it with her, but actually it was so confusing and disoriented disoriented in a way that didn't kind of pull me in. It yeah. actually I, it, it pushed me out of it. Yeah. Not bad. I mean, I, I read the book, so I think it was a reasonable kind of portrayal of what was in the books. It, yeah. it was fine. I didn't think it was a great movie. I didn't think it was bad. It was just, I'd put it like as a six. Yeah. Seven, you know. Yeah. The shaky camp thing is an interesting one. They need to cut that out. Particularly in those. I mean, they've switched directors for the next movie. So it'll be interesting She's to see, see whether or not that carries across. And okay, so Hunger Games you yeah, saw. So it was fine. I mean, I think uh, I think there's always a, a difficulty in converting something that is uh, very much an internal journey. Yes. So you know, there's a lot of external action, but also what makes you get more into the books is your in her thoughts. It's first yeah. person, and I, yep. I don't know that that all translated very well. Yeah. I think they're kind of expecting that we've all read those books, and yeah. so we know what to be thinking. Alternately, you can go with the uh, inner monologue. Yeah. Which is so annoying. Yeah. I always like it in a song when they just talk. They're like, I've been thinking about it, baby. <laughs> Elvis does that in a couple songs. I always love the Elvis. The talking portion. Oh, baby. You treat me real bad, girl. 
So what else did you and see? And I'm excited about Hunger, Hunger Games, Games too because okay. Finnick O'Dare, the one who kills people with a trident, will be in that movie. And I'm not happy with the casting, so we'll see about that. Mm. So that's coming out. The trident, though, that was my favorite. He's the one who's from a you know whatever yep. one of the districts that has a lot of water and yeah, net and a trident. Come on. Yeah, what's not hot about that? Right. Uh, if you were a Pegasus, and, it would be even cooler. And, and you also caught up with the latest Bourne movie, I believe. Yes, and I have somewhat to say of a bone people, of contention. I. Uh, I am. We had an impassioned dialogue about this via text message. <laughs> I've completely forgotten all my points. <laughs> she had no points. Essentially, it was. I voted thumbs up to Renner. Yeah, Team yeah. Renner. Team Renner because, and I quote, "He's so pretty." He's not pretty. He's. I, did I say pretty? I'm pretty sure you. Did. I don't know if I said. Pr- I don't think he's pretty. Like John Hamm is pretty, but he's. I just really like Jeremy Renner as an actor. Which is good because yeah. he's in every movie right now. I know it's handy. <laughs> I've seen him in person. I just I, I apart from the little blip as a human being in which he des- dated Jessica Simpson, I, I care for him a great deal. I think I've some been, sort of a mental lapse. I think so. A fugue state. <laughs> <laughs> and then they broke up. He walked into a grocery naked and <laughs> scene. See, there it is. So a few days of observation. Yeah, I like him. I think he's smart. I think he kind of has good perspective. He worked for a long time before he's had a lot of, you know, the kind of measure of breakthrough he had. Yeah. Um, and I, I just really like him. And I think he did a good job with the franchise. I like what we what you talked about and the way they line it up so he's a different character. Yeah. And I liked his character. I felt a lot of compassion for him, which you don't necessarily... I didn't feel as much necessarily for Jason Bourne. Maybe you did. Okay, see, that's that's where I sort of... I uh, like I him. And I, I, I don't know. I... I like Matt Damon as a human being, and now I like him more as an actor. But when he initially was on some some uh, some of his early work, I didn't love him. When I saw him in the Bourne movie, I kind of thought this is the first movie I've really loved him in. Did you like him in Jane but Silent Bob's big movie adventure? Is that what it's called? Oh, Jay, what was that? Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. There you go. Was that it? Yeah. And he was also in Dogma. He's done a lot of work with Kevin Smith. That's true. Or a couple of things, yeah. But I'm a big fan of their role in Jane Silent Bob. Did you ever see it? I didn't see that one. I saw. <laughs> I did see Clerks. I saw Clerks too. I saw Chasing Amy. There's a scene, there's a scene there where he and Ben Affleck are practicing for, you know, getting ready to rehearse a scene, and they both turn to each other, lion face, her lemon face, mm, lion face. <laughs> it's just like hilarious. And then uh, the two of them go toe to toe and rag on each other about the movies that they've worked in nice. and just go like absolutely slam each other for the stuff that they've been in, which is hilarious. Stereotypically or, you know, predictably, I have been in Harvard bars with both of them <laughs> in my college years. Yeah. So I'm roughly at their age. So Matt Damon was not there anymore in school, but he was hanging out with people and he was by, like literally behind me in a bar. Yeah. And then I actually ended up talking to Ben Affleck, who was kind of a turkey to me in a bar. Uh, it, the worst bar too, the one where it was like, I swear I'm 21. All right, come on in. <laughs> so it was the worst bar that everyone went to. Nice. Uh, yeah, on Harvard and uh, Harvard Square. So I did see that. So I liked it a lot. I yep. liked the Bourne movie. I liked him. I, I the thing I thought about Matt Damon in the original ones is like he's perfect as a guy who has no memory. That blank thing was what yep. worked. Those were excellent movies. I just think that this is a good carry on. I don't remember what else I said. I, I really meant it at the time, and yeah, obviously it stuck all, with me. It's all a blank for me. Deeply I, I, can't, I can't remember anything you, you say listening. having any sort of validity as an argument. So. Uh, so it's something about I like how he killed somebody with something, and you like oh, Matt right. Damon can kill somebody with a kill magazine. somebody with a magazine. I can't remember which one that was. It was the first or the second one. He just beat someone to death with a magazine. It's like just roll that sucker off. <laughs> Sorry, it's just one of those things that appealed to me. So put it on a scale for me, one to ten. Uh, I'm giving it a seven. 
Nice, a solid yeah, I seven. really enjoyed it. I think, you know, I heard somebody say uh, on a, a film film spotting podcast, they had a, a, a poll of people, and how do you feel about them? Are these like James Bond movies for you? Like, put anybody in, I'll go see them. I just like this franchise. Yeah. And it was a strong kind of vote for that. And yeah. I, that's how I feel. I just really like these. They're, they're smart summer movies, and I will always see them. Fair enough. So, I don't know. If, if David Caruso was playing Bourne, maybe not. I don't know. An old ginger Bourne. Yeah. He would definitely kill somebody with those sunglasses. I think he probably would. That might be worth it. I'd hit that up on YouTube. So I saw a documentary called The Wild and Wonderful Whites, which ironically, as I have a treatment for a white supremacist pilot, also by the same title. (laughs) Nice. The Wild and Wonderful Whites. Wouldn't that be a great title? Like a a reality TV show about a white supremacist family. (laughs) So these are these sort of what I mistook this. I I was told that this had something to do with like was an inspiration for Breaking Bad, which is how it ended up in the queue. Mm-hmm. But it's basically about this family who are somewhat famous and they are completely lawless. Like you got the family party. It's like grandma's 80th birthday. People are doing lines. <laughs> there are babies crawling around. It is insane, and it's sort of. It's it's produced by Johnny Knoxville. Yep. Of Jackass. Of Jackass fan. Yep. Yeah. So it's a little bit, you know, you, you sort of the moment and you're kind of like, is this exploitation? Actually, this is not great what I'm seeing, but we're laughing with them and thinking they're great because they're so free and lawless. Yeah. Um, and you know, country song singers are writing songs about them. It was interesting, and it's kind of worth a watch from a sociological standpoint. Yeah. Wouldn't watch it with the kids around. Deeply disturbing, yeah, but right. fairly interesting. And I guess the, the patriarch of this family uh, was featured in a TV show. He was a, a singer-dancer type, and you know, so he, they were famous already for where they are in West Virginia, but now they're even more famous. And uh, they're a crazy family. You know, your grandma, or great, the, the matriarch of the family... Um, Kind of going and selling prescription drugs, and I mean, they're just they are and they don't they don't care who sees it. You know, they're in and out of court all the time. <laughs> they're interesting. Wow. So there's probably like a family like this. There was one in Kentucky. I can't think of their names, but our family used to we used to clip newspaper clippings of them. It was like one yep. shot another. One was naked, shot somebody in the street. Like they were always in and out of court, married to cousins, that kind of thing. And these Woo-hoo. are these people. So it was pretty fascinating, and it is you do laugh. At them and sometimes with them, so it, it's it's not a bad bad movie. It has some good music in it, so that's kind of worth seeing for the documentary fund. I finally caught up with the artist. I won't say much about it except that it won the Oscar. You know, it was a love fest last year, and I see why. It was a really magical movie. Mm-hmm. Completely silent. Yes. And it's and and black and white and brilliant. And it is something I wish I had seen in the theater, which is something. Yeah, I you about. really needed to see it in the theater. I think you saw for it, it to be yeah for it, it is to kind be. Of, Magical though. Yeah, I, I was smiling like an idiot watching it. My, ki- you know, watching it in my living room. You sure leave that was it? related to the movie? <laughs> leave it. Leave it. <laughs> Drop it. <laughs> you, you can't just lift up your chin like that and expect nothing to happen. That's just not fair. <laughs> Grinning at a wall for five hours. So yeah, I, so I highly recommend the artist if you haven't seen. It. I think people thought, oh, it's too arty. It's not too arty. It's very approachable and interesting. And yeah, yeah. So, so see it. Where do you rate the artist? I guess I put it about an eight. Yeah, I agree. Where, where I put it. Uh... Yeah. So see it. Uh, otherwise, TV wise, um, I would say Key and Peele, which is a Comedy Central comedy series, is of back. which you were a big fan. Huge fan. I uh, peppered Tim's inbox with sketches in this. It is hilarious. These guys are brilliant. They were mad TV writers. I love them. They are so, so, so funny. They're most famous for their um, 
Luther, the Obama translator. Yes. Like, it's a play on how Obama's always super calm. Um, John Stewart's thing was that he looks like he always looks like he's getting a secret massage. <laughs> like he's super cooled out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like secretly he hires this anger translator to say what he's really thinking, and it's profane and hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah, I mean they're they're beating that drum a lot. Yeah. It's probably a little done. Luther has a Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I love the show. They did some of the funniest, funniest sketches. Uh, at some point, we'll link to them on our on our webpage. Yeah. Uh, the slave auction is one of the truly funniest things I've ever seen, maybe in my entire life. Like, it is up in the pantheon of sketch comedy. Yeah. They're very smart guys doing great things, and so I encourage people to watch this. Sort of on a related note, um, the, produced by Chris Rock, we just reached the season finale of a series called Totally Biased with W. Kamau Bell who is a comedian who um, didn't grow up but has lived a long time in the Bay Area. It's called Totally Biased because it's very much uh, from his political point of view and it's very left. Uh, So Chris Rock saw him as a comedian and has been kind of cultivating and mentoring him and produced this show. So I think this is, you know, it's sort of the African-American community's answer potentially if you're a network TV executive or a t- or cable executive to a John Stewart or Colbert. So yeah. he does very topical material and he interviews somebody. But what, the thing that's been a surprise to me is he is a wonderful interviewer. He just is a really lovely person. Like, a lot of people make interviews about themselves. Yes. He doesn't do it. He's really gracious and really good with people. Yeah. And I have a lot of good... Like, I hope the best for him. I watch his show. I think it could be better. It, it definitely could be worse. It's got some great jokes. Some of the stuff doesn't quite work and you know if you're really really right leaning and you don't like to hear left leaning this is not a show for you yeah but it's worth checking out and they got they've got an extended you know they got a back nine or so Uh, so we're going to see more of that so keep an eye out for it yeah very good do you want to talk at all about uh, what you've seen of revolution so far you've seen more it's one of the few that sort of launched uh, earlier than uh, with some of them are still and doing well coming over there. yeah it seems to be doing pretty well so I yeah. so you saw the pilot episode and a few minutes of episode two because you know and I've what's, been working what's your take on it so far I'm liking the ratio of ass kicking to walking nice and talking right yeah and I'm loving Billy Burke just cutting through people with his katana just to sway like, the people yeah let me you know it was a whole what, battalion regiment that he yes crushed in episode one yeah I like that I'm like and I think it's always risky, right? The Terra Nova factor of teen actors. Yeah. You know, they had all those sort of emo teens and they just crushed Terra Nova. Yeah. Not in a good way. Yeah. Uh, I think the female lead, the teenage girl, she's yeah. a good actress. Yeah. Which is helpful because many of them are not. Yeah. So that's working. I don't know about Sato, teenage brother, that she's trying to protect because we haven't seen much of him except for him being yeah. bound, gagged, and dragged around. But I'm still liking it. I think it's promising and I'm excited. It did well. Yeah. And it did well in week two. Yeah, I think it's I think it's got a lot of promise. I I know we have a joint friend, Fabelia, who I've not mentioned for at least one week now, who loathes it. Really? And thinks it's got no legs and there's no way Mm -hmm. it's going to season two. That's her prediction. I'm going to put it out there right now. Um, And if she's wrong, twenty bucks. What? Yeah. uh, Put your money where your mouth is, fam. I don't know, but she's a fan of Smash, so there's no accounting for taste. Oh dear lord, (laughs) that mess is coming back. Well, it is, and that's her defense. Well. Smash got a season two. She doesn't think that uh, Revolution Revolution's going to get a season two. But I think if it continues to arc like it is right now, I think it will. Uh, I think it'll do well. Yeah, I mean, I think J.J. Abrams is smart, but it's always a question of when he's making movies, how involved is he as a producer? I don't know how hands-on he is with things. Um, yeah, I think the answer is... You, know, you got friends, you got this, you got yeah, that. You know? uh, you, there's only so many hours in the day, so you've got to imagine that he's going to be prioritizing his time towards the films that he's working on. He's probably got some sort of cloning project underway, though. Yeah. 
You could do. He can make so many movies. He's climbing so, the writing team. So. You're staying. You're in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. We right now, we, right now, Grey's Anatomy's on. I'm missing that for for the love of the podcast. <sighs> Don't hate on Grey's. Covert Affairs. If you haven't been watching this, it's one of the USA two name shows. Yeah. Uh, with Piper Parabo <laughs> and names. some pretty men, <laughs> one of whom they killed at the beginning of the season, which completely bummed me out. Uh, but this has had so season one and season two it was completely light fire like you'd be you'd really enjoy it but five minutes later no recollection you know to the con, the con, the reverse of your conversation about the gray yep. five minutes later you have no idea what happened yeah right. this season they got kind of serious and I think they tried to announce it by kind of killing somebody major in the first episode got it really great season although at the end they've done the weirdest thing so they've had a huge thing where she someone is a secret double agent someone and our heroine gets shot and you know you know you figure she's probably going to live it's like killing Meredith Grey and Grey's Anatomy they're unlikely to do it because then what do you do but uh, they shoot her they bring her back she gets her revenge and then they the season's not over but the show won't be back for a month that's very very stupid yeah why would you do that? Why would you pause four weeks and then hit it back? It just doesn't make any sense. They're killing the momentum they've built and had a really good tight storyline that they haven't quite wrapped up. That is weird. Yeah, she's like in a secret Russian prison and now, you know, seen a month. It's like doing a season finale, but not really. It's bizarre. Is it not cliffhangerish enough to make you just hold your breath until I it comes back? I will watch it because my DVR will pick it up. But like, why hold that? Hold out. Either do a season finale and say see in three months, four months, whatever. Uh, just odd programming because everything else they wrapped up like yep. white collar I think is done royal pains is done such as it is should be done overall <laughs> but it, it's soft and it's just gone soft it's yeah it's on a pile on the floor it's like chocolate pudding <laughs> soft, soft serve yeah I don't get it but Covert Affairs if you haven't been watching it I know people that watched it season one and lost track of it season two pick it back up I think it's a pretty decent show and especially for a summer show it's one of the strongest yeah good performances good actors tight story writing and it's actually produced the reason I was thinking about it is produced by one of the guys who produced the Bourne some of the Bourne movies yeah right so Doug Lyman I think is his name something like yep. that so watch watch my little you know my little plea for uh, Covert Affairs watch it don't watch the one in three weeks or whenever it comes back go back watch more we have to go back. Yeah, you have to go back. Back to at least the beginning of the season. But it is a very different beast this season, so it's worth noting. So that's my bit on this week's media. Fantastic. That's, a that's lot. all I got. That's a lot going on right there. Well, we got, we're going to have a lot to talk about. We should at some point talk about some of the fall movies and see some of them. Pitch perfect. You're in it. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Okay, so years ago when one of the Twilight movies was coming out, I read some random blog, I can't attribute it because I'd have trouble finding it, talking about Andrew, Anna Kendrick, who yep. is the, one of the female leads, yes. and he said she's like a Wookiee, her whole face is covered in hair. <laughs> 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 and her forehead is so low, her hairline is, and it has it maybe ruined Anna Kendrick forever, it's like I can't, I can't unhear it. <laughs> just gonna... Every time I see her, her face is covered in hair. I'm only tuning in for this guy in anyway, so I don't really care. She's the best part of it. She's yep. the best part of the ad. So I might see it just for her. I mean, yep. it is uh, anathema to me, many things in which it, that it features. Yeah. But I did watch season one of Glee and enjoyed it. Yeah. So I, I might actually see I just don't know if I can give them my cash in the cinema. Maybe. <sighs> Look, we got your half-price tickets at Costco. Think of it that way. There's so many other more worthy movies. Seven Psychopaths. Incredibly excited about that. Yes. Yeah, so we'll talk more about fall movies in a, in a few, probably in our next episode. Yes, we I'll have a little we, we mini rundown. We absolutely should. So we've talked about the movies. So we've 
want, we like the idea, or I particularly seem to like the idea, Tim is just along for the ride, <laughs> of kind of a few little features, like the why we're like this sort yes. of thing. So we had an idea of like the Wayback Machine. So something that influenced you significantly as a child, that you know, something that you loved, and often something maybe that wouldn't be something people yep. might have come across. Yeah. And you have something. I do have something, and I hope, sir, that you do as well. Oh, maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. So this is, I, I don't, it's it's too late for you people to call child services on my mom. I'm all grown up. This is a movie my mother introduced There's me no to. There's no statute of limitations on that, I don't think. On child abuse? I don't think so. She could retroactively go to the pokey. <laughs> maybe. The mom's in the big house <laughs> for showing me Blake Edwards' SOB. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> that is one of my taglines. Uh, so, SOB is a Blake Edwards movie. So, you know, Blake Edwards did Victor Victoria, a bunch of movies. He was, And this is from 1981. And what this is, this has got an all-star cast, but most of them are no longer with us. Many, Most of you won't know them. If you saw Victor Victoria, there's certain actors who were in that who were in it. So, this Julie is... Julie Andrews? Well, yeah, Julie Andrews is the big thing. And, boys, girls, if you wanted to see Julie Andrews' poopies, <laughs> now's your chance. I can honestly say... And, and they're not her boobies now. They're her boobies in 1981. So everything is higher and tighter. I can honestly say that was not a thought that has ever crossed my mind. I am sure there is some fetishistic bent around seeing... <laughs> How do you solve a problem? <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm so, Those same people, Sally Field's on their list, Julie Andrews on the list, Mary Tyler Moore. Julie Andrews getting out of the habit. <laughs> exactly. So... Uh, SOB. So what it's about is a filmmaker who has been a, who is married to America's sweetheart, so like a Sally Field, who is played by Julie Andrews, and he makes a film that is very kind of uh, you know straight down the middle in terms of playing to her original audience. That is a huge flop. It's the worst thing they've ever done, and he has a break has a mental breakdown. Yep. And he's surrounded by what we call frenemies. You know these the people that, and as is his wife, her sort of cabal of associates, you know, agents and press agents and studio agents and you're seeing the interplay of everybody's self-interest and you know the studio's interest versus the agents who's in bed with who literally and figuratively yes it is hilariously funny incredibly mean-spirited i mean it's even now it is shockingly mean-spirited what scares me is how much i loved this movie as a child i thought it was hilarious it is dark as the day is long Uh, it is it's a little racist because you know it's the 80s there's some asian related racism there are Far worse hate crimes in, against fashion. <laughs> There's a part where uh, Richard Mulligan is wearing a V-neck linen one-piece outfit, and he's a grown man. It's awesome. It's a light linen. It's fantastic. That is not cool. Oh, it's so good. But you've got hilarious characters. You know, you've got a kind of um, a Dr. Feelgood kind of guy who's always giving everybody these kind of juiced-up vitamin shots. You've got It's got more toilet humor than I usually appreciate, but it's done to bring in effect. This is a really, really funny movie. The New York Times liked it. Most critics didn't. But it's it's astonishing it got made. It must yep. have pissed everybody off. Yeah, well. It is brilliant. So I really like it. I mean, it is a little dated. I have to say it is, you know, how old it is. But there's a lot of it. Like, uh, if you knew the movie, the Robert Altman film, The Player. Yes. It sort of is a good companion piece to that. Yeah. Right. And we'll put a little clip in so you can get a sense of it. And this is a scene where you've got uh, the brilliant Robert Weber's Ben Coogan, who's the studio press secretary, advising Julie Andrews. 
and then Shelly Winters, who plays her agent. And it's all about them strategizing for her because she's leaving her yeah. husband, who's having a breakdown, and how they've got to spin that and what's going to happen with her fans. As soon as we file for divorce, it's a matter of public record. Listen, Polly Reed already has her nose in the wind. I told my secretary to say I was in Palm Springs, but sooner or later. something. In my opinion, you could not have picked a worse time. As your press agent, I agree with her, but it wouldn't be a good time if Nightwind was a big hit. Like it or not, you're the first to admit it, sweetie. You have an image. And they have their newspapers to sell. Imagine what they're going to say after they've finished all the nice things they write about you. Oh, you know this town, sweetie. You can smoke dope and end up going steady with your Afghan. You're just one of the gang. But you, you're Peter Pan. Nightwind is a fact. What we have to do is convince people it wasn't your fault. Anybody can fail, even Sally Miles. No! That was Felix's responsibility. Well, I didn't mean it. But, sweetie, you walk out on him now, and those friggin' fans of yours are gonna hate your guts. Especially the ones that criticize you the most when you married him. Those snakes will be the first. Right. Not even a legal separation? Absolutely not! Shit, no! Out of your mind. Yeah. Sorry. There are... This is one that your children... They're orgies? <laughs> Small children, like, as... <laughs> Should not be watching this as I was, but it's really, really good. So it is part of, I would put on a list of In the Wayback Machine and aka Why We're Like This. It was a hugely influential film to me in my childhood. You are a deeply, deeply troubled individual. That one is, yeah, that one's a little troublesome. I mean, watching as a grown person, thinking, wow, <laughs> you, uh, but you know, thanks mom. Your bad parenting made me funny. <laughs> Almost mental scars <laughs> have paid off over time. Oh, please, your children are in the same boat. Please, I'm scarring them as we speak. Right? I'm, I'm doing what I can, at least. <laughs> you twisted, brilliant young women. But, you know, I mean, that's, that's the thing, is if you can scar them where it doesn't show, and community services can't, you know, can't see Right, no, visible. The, yeah. the, the mental, emotional scars are Emotional scars. <laughs> Nobody goes to jail for those. Right? Yeah. Right? Oh. Right, right. Therapy. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Actually, I Chris Rock has a joke. Chris Rock has a joke about your daughter ending up on the pole. Ending up on the pole. <laughs> Clear heels. <laughs> <laughs> and your job as a father is just to keep your daughter off the pole. So good. The um. So what about you? What's look, your nominee? Look, I don't have a pantheon of things that are as oblique as you do. Because you have a... Well, I got a deep, deep bench of these. Yeah, I know. The, the, the volume of those things is, is so deep and wide for you, it's, it's troubling to me. Part of it's the only child thing. I understand. Right, lots of TV. The, um, I have to say that, and it's, it's not... I think probably one of the most influential television shows I saw while I was growing up, and it sounds stupid to say, was actually Miami Vice. And a show that I still love to this very day, even going back and looking at the episodes now. I know we've had a brief conversation yeah. about this. But I sort of intellectually, sexually came of age watching that show. <laughs> the, um, uh, in all of the fashion, you know, crimes, etc., you know, set to one side. Oh, yeah. It was actually a show that totally broke new ground in terms of the way it was shot. Is that this was- in defense of Michael Mann? He doesn't need defending. He's self de- he's self defending. Uh, the um... self authenticating. <laughs> the God um... and Michael Mann. <laughs> but it was shot in a way that it had never been done before. The production values on it were unparalleled at the point at that moment in time. And the thing that really it, production values, aka blow stuff up. 
A lot of blowing stuff up. Look, there was a lot of blowing up stuff. There was a lot, you know, really expensive cars, really expensive sets. The whole thing was really, of its time, it absolutely no peer. And the thing probably that strikes me most about it and the thing that continues to influence the sorts of things that I like to do and make and those sorts of things is he was one of the people who took this idea of using music as a driver for a storyline. Yeah. Not in a, you know, musical way, as in, you know, how do you solve a problem like Maria, but but in a take the most modern music, set the yeah. scene, say nothing apart from having, you know, it's, it's like a five-minute-long music clip. Well, it was one of the first things, TV shows, I remember there being a soundtrack for that people were buying. Right, exactly. And that's the thing to Glenn, me. Fire up Glenn Fry. Roll right. out Glenn Fry. You know, Phil Collins, you've got, you know, you've got all Great this... Great theme music. Right. Come you, on. You, you've got all these um, amazing pieces of music and those sort of things turning up, some of which were well-known, some of which weren't well-known. And... Um, but that whole thing, which continues to this very day, you see it in, you know, you watch an episode of Grey's Anatomy and you'll always find a section where we'll break hey, across the... Ferrari. Yeah, no. Where you'll break into this sort of, there'll be a music overlay where this moment of tumult or this moment of mm-hmm. angst or whatever is the... I mean, you've only got to look at the amount of music that they sell out of Grey's Anatomy oh, yeah, to that's understand a- that those things are a, a driving force. And so, for me, as a as a filmmaker, it's one of those things where I look back and say that was actually a pivotal moment in the evolution of television, and and it influenced your aesthetic. Absolutely, so it's Absolutely. why you're like you are. Well, I guess it's certainly partly responsible. Although I don't think Michael Mann would want to take necessarily to take responsibility Not everything he knows <laughs> for uh, for how I've turned out, but. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's that's my first addition to the. Uh, it's not as embarrassing, right? That's, that's true. Like this is what I'm saying. I don't. I don't. I don't think I've got the the. You know, I mean, I, we'll work on it. I'll, I'll try. We'll do this offline. We'll workshop it a little bit. I will try. And we have some. We have some overlap that we'll talk about in a future episode. Sometimes this is going to be. It's not filler. It's a special feature. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, that we're going to work in every now and then. But it's it's fun. And I, I think as a result, because you know Tim is foreign, uh, we'll hear. And I, I might as well be in many ways. I feel like I had a very different childhood than other children. We could talk about Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. Yeah. So this will let people know of shows that they may have missed in their childhood. I right to before this episode. I made a reference to how many licks to get to the center of the Tootsie Roll Pop and how the owl looks like Sam Waterston in my mind. Yeah. And I had to I had to cut to YouTube to show Tim these commercials that many of us in our mid mid thirties Pardon me. Um, many of us uh, grew up watching. Yeah, I was a little disturbed when she started to YouTube how many licks to get to the center of your Tootsie Pop. <laughs> Might, what that might bring up on a Nothing on weird came up in my predictive text either. <laughs> Which is pretty unusual. Oh my gosh. Clear uh, cash. So yeah, well I can certainly tell you about some of the random things that have uh, come across Australian television. like Not just Neighbours. Not just Neighbours. That's not random, that's just terrible. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean Skippy was obviously a... Skippy the bush kangaroo? Yeah. Awesome. He's like a, a furry version of... Um, uh, I'm trying to think. What's the name of that stupid dolphin? 
What the one on the com- the commercials? No, no, no. Like the there was the a tel- tuna? The, the, no, there's a television show based around a dolphin who sort of flipper sort of, flipper. Thank you. Who's the sort of friend of a young kid and who inadvertently manages to solve all waterburn crimes. <laughs> you know, Skippy was like that. What's that, Skip? Little Timmy's down the well. Come on, you know, it's yeah. like, and you know, cut. It's to like Lassie in water. Right. That's exactly yeah, what okay. it's like. That's that's a much better analogy. Um, so anyway, we'll, I was we'll, thinking how like little kids, other little kids watch Little House, and I watched Sob. <laughs> I, oh my god! I hated Little House on the Prairie. I did not care for it. It was massive in Australia. Those pigtails were tight though. But okay, I, can't, I, can't. Right, I can't cut. I can't braid my own hair. <laughs> so, I always looked at her pigtails with some admiration, and then turned change the channel. Or the, the Waltons. I never watched the Walt. Any of that I kind hated of hated the Waltons. Really? As well. I have to say, pigtail. Earnest and savory. Pigtail-wise, I have three daughters, and my policy has always been, Dad, can you do my hair in a braid? Can you do my hair in a pig... You know, sweetie, I do ponytails. That's it. I have one skill. I know how to brush your hair yeah. so that it will be neat, and it will go into a nice ponytail. That's it. If you need anything beyond that, you either need to figure out how to do that yourself, or, or I can have show you. Chris I'm, does it, right? I'm hair retarded. She can yeah. do. Chris can raid. She's pretty busy, but, you know I mean? Yeah. She can do very elaborate hairdos. Really? But, you know... Like a Leia, Princess Leia, if I want to do it for Halloween, I'm going to roll past your house. Quite possibly. I should really do that. You really should. <laughs> That's right. I, I it's thanks- yeah, Halloween's she, around the corner. She's staying in for Thanksgiving to watch The Wire, <laughs> and she's going out as Princess Leia. I might. 30 Rock. Uh, Tina Fey did a Princess Leia outfit trying to get out of jury duty and didn't work. <laughs> they were unfazed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> such a great show. Should have won some schmimmies. So that's a little bit of an insight into you know, why we like are this. the way that we are. I think that's just about all we've got time for this week. I think so. So, one last desperate plea. Go to iTunes oh, and hang review on a sec, us. Hang on a sec, hang on oh, a sec. Oh, what? We had an email from uh, a viewer, Christine Valley. <laughs> do we want to get into that? A listener? Haggis Sorry, tossing? Listener. Haggis tossing. Do we want to talk about that? Or do, or do we want to forward preempt that to next week's show? We're going to talk about haggis I don't know. Haggis do you tossing. leave people hanging? Well, all right. Next week. Speaking of intestinal fortitude required. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, that's a terrible joke. My <laughs> lord. Uh, <laughs> next week. I almost made a Time War Gallifrey Doctor Who joke when you've been. Oh. I'm like, I can't do it. I'd love to be in a relationship someday. <laughs> and not just a virtual one with an avatar. <laughs> so so we'll, we'll talk about Haggis Tossing next week. Sure, yeah. We'll leave you with that to think about. Yeah, that could mean anything. So, in the meantime, so, find out what a haggis is. <laughs> so uh, you, I interrupted you mid... Uh, Rudely interrupted from... How people are connecting... Yes, yeah, so people, 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 uh, we would love and beg and plead for you to uh, review us in iTunes, if you like us. If you don't like us, just, you know, stick to your nanny. Uh, but go on and review our show on iTunes. That yeah. helps us in many ways and could eventually maybe get us to uh, someone to maybe advertise with us if they're yeah. brave enough to do so. Uh, so and that's how we can get found by people that don't already know us and kind of maybe like us. Uh, and friends of people who kind of maybe like us. Uh, so please, and do spread the word, but go to iTunes and review us. I've asked a few of you too. I think I may be the only review in here, and I couldn't give us too much of a gushing review because I'm just <laughs> not physically capable of doing that. I did give us some thumbs up. Too much shameless self-promotion. Yeah, it's awkward. This is enough. So, you know, there's lots of ways to reach us, but many of you who are iPod people, iPhone people, uh, are, you know, listening to this and getting updated via the wonderful people at iTunes. Don't yes. hate them for their bad mapping, but just uh, give us a review. Uh, That's yeah. a nice little side swipe. We're not going to get a promo. I ordered. I just ordered an iPhone. Really? And, I'm finally, and the, the, the person at Verizon's like, don't go. Is there a droid user? <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> don't leave us. <laughs> One of us. 
Uh, yeah, so there's tons of ways to reach us, so send us an email and get mentioned on the podcast. Uh, if I were to send you an email, approximately what address would I have to be addressing that to? Funny you should ask. <laughs> uh, that would be the Overshare Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us. We have a, pay, a page on Facebook. You can slap a like on that big boy. And mm-hmm. uh, we do update things and, and release news on there, and so you would get that in your feed. And yes. we try to start dialogue, at least between ourselves, uh, on that about things. So Tim puts lots of extra features like articles and I will do, they do did. It we should actually talk about one of those at some point in time where they listed the top 25 shows according over, to uh, people s- Americans don't care about <laughs> well there are there are a few Australian shows in yeah. there but it'll be an interesting a top 25 all time TV oh, yeah. in the last 25 years okay alright I mean a bunch yeah. of shows in there that you would you know wholeheartedly approve of but it'd be interesting to see even if you went top 10 yeah. How close you would concur to uh, what they came up yeah, with. Yeah, so we will show, we'll do that in another yep. episode. That sounds like great fun, great debate. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter on the Oversharers. We're not super active, but if you follow us, we just might be. We're just a little shy. We need some encouragement. Uh, and as always, you can find this podcast as well at the oversharepodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, so, Forward myriad. slash pork fat wrestle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Myriad ways to find us. Exactly. In fact, there's less ways not to find us than there is to find us. Right. And we do have door prizes, so Tim will swing by in his little car and drop off things. You just never know what I might come to your house with. Pine trees for the car. (laughs) (laughs) Those are big. We bought a metric ton of those at Costco. I I also have a lot of toilet paper, so if you're low, we'll swing by with a roll of Just give us a call. Even if you're mid, you know, visit (laughs) and you get caught short, give us a call. Yeah. We're here to serve. We'll roll up with some Charmin, (laughs) toss it through the window. So, we love you. We've embarrassed ourselves. I, well, I have. You've actually... Your shame factor is low this episode. I'm probably what a... I'm sorry. I'm trying. Thought, where am I on the scale? This, this uh, is not the worst by far. No, no, no. Not even, not even close. All right. But I, you I probably just pity me. Done right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pity episode now. <laughs> and uh, that's what it takes to get votes in there, to get some high fives. You hell know? yeah, we will. I'll do what it we're, takes. Not, we're not above a, a, a pity vote. Nope. No, absolutely not. We've said too much, haven't we? Absolutely. See you next week, guys. Bye. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.